This has got to be one of the most controversial Raw Fusion episodes ever. <laughs> but you knew that already, right? Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Uh, time's up. I'm about to bless you with another season. Another reason to cut on the Raw TV and start the cheesing. To get up on the phone and go call your friends and let them know the King B's Raw Fusion begins. Sit on back and enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam and open up my team. Eliminate. The fake and went and got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back and it's better than you ever saw But enough talk, let's get wrong A typical night at the clubs Let's get wrong You don't want to fall in love Let's get wrong And got the fusion in your blood Let's get wrong And to my ladies and my thugs Let's get wrong And to the haters on the scene Let's get wrong Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get wrong You should be trying to make the team Let's get wrong Cause we taking everything Let's get raw. raw Fusion. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? King P right here, and this is Raw Fusion. Now, Raw Fusion is expanding, and you already know this. From time to time, we do some different things, and we also have Raw Fusion Live. Well, here's an episode in which we had a conversation with Professor Griff, formerly of Public Enemy, on Raw Fusion Live. We're going to take a look back at it and check it out. It's proved to be a very interesting conversation and just might prove to be one of the most controversial ones we've had so far. Check it out. It's Professor Griff right here on Raw Fusion. <laughs> yeah, I got a doctor, man. She is uh, she's phenomenal in, in the doctor's office and that doctor's office is the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, food for medicine. I love it. Exactly. My wife, she's the doctor, so she got to keep us healthy. And that's part of this uh, idea of talking about uh, mental illness. If the things that we're putting in our bodies, which is our temple, uh, are chemically uh, throwing our neurological system off, that's part of it. We're not able to balance. We're not able to pull from the center on a spiritual level. It's like, okay, all of it's connected. But if we don't see the connection between Frosted Flakes, Captain Crunch, McDevil's, Murder King, Drunken donuts and pizza slut, then we're not gonna we're not gonna get it. We're not gonna get the full picture. <laughs> that stuff is hard on the on the body. So when you go to pull from the body to even stay sane, even to get the proper, even to get the proper sleep, as King wanted to get the proper sleep, yeah. it's like yeah, our our uh, physical diet is connected to our mental diet. Mm-hmm. With food, music. Uh, the air we breathe, water, and the people we surround ourselves with. Yeah. It's, 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 it's important. No, it's very important. Right. Um, there's, there's several levels of this. Uh, I want to ask you, actually, uh, with, with being a part of uh, one of the most influential rap groups in hip-hop history, history period, but hip-hop history, what do you think that really comes into play with other music, even in hip hop, but the music that's being 
perpetrated and, and, and pushed on, on not only the adults, but some of our youth. How do you really feel about that and what that does to affect the mental health of, of the listeners? Well, let's, let's get a few things historically correct. A, we, we were not a rap group. We were a hip hop group and hip hop is high infinite power healing our people. Rap didn't come to later on. We never considered ourselves rappers. Okay. That was for children. That came a lot, little, a lot later on. If you was an MC, then you was a mic controller. You was a master of ceremony. That took on a greater responsibility once you picked up that mic. A, you knew the culture and you knew the history. A, you was qualified to hold the audience's attention and then carry it forward when you dropped the mic. Mm-hmm. And some rappers are rapping nowadays. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were MCs and we kind of helped move the culture forward. This idea of hip-hop being part and parcel and separated from other genres of music, it still falls under, up under black culture. Still black people expressing ourselves musically. So when you start talking about the content now, when you start talking about um, the birth of the idea of, um, of the mental illness in it, you have to take tribal beats, which we move to naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, ask my... Ask my uh, Ask my mama who has some voluptuous hips who gave birth to 13 children uh, dancing in the kitchen and at the family reunion, enjoying having people looking at people, enjoying the food that she made because she was nourishing the family. So we talk about the uh, tribal beats. Uh, Ask the old grandma that you see in church nowadays, tapping her feet, clapping her hands, you know, singing up, singing along. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if there's no music playing, you can, you can see her moving to a certain rhythm. That's the same certain, that's the same rhythm you can find in any village in Africa. So we carried it over with us. But tribal beats. And then here's the mental illness. Try taking the European word, which speaks against who we are as a people, and try putting it over those tribal beats and see if you don't cause cognitive dissonance. The battle within the self. And once you have the battle within the self, it's hard to get back to the self because we're disconnected from the self. We don't know who we are. Why are we dancing to music on a dance floor that's calling our women out of, out of their names? Why is it that we have to make music to be successful in a music industry and we got to curse our mama while we're doing that? So we need to understand the origin of this mental illness. So when you start talking about separating hip hop from the other genres of music, the other genres of music have gotten polluted also. Um, I remember and felt the vibrational shift from reggae to dance hall. And I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So when we start talking about music, music is a universal language. You listen to the ocean, you hear music. You can listen to the netters in the wind, you hear music. You can listen to birds and you can hear the music. Something very natural to us. And we just made it part of who we are as a people because it was very natural. Now, when you start talking about people to, that, that came along to weaponize the music, to use the music against us, then that's a whole different story. And I hope I'm not being long-winded to answer no, your bro. question. No, bro, that's what you're here for. We're here to hear you talk more than us talk. I think it's important to, to separate, understand that rap is a part of hip-hop, but hip-hop is the overall culture. It's not just a, the music part is only a part of the culture. Right. Uh, in, in the five elements of hip hop. Right. So that was important and that was great. And 
Sorry for misspeaking. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that, that's all right. And, and, and my thing is, and I should have uh, told the people that are listening, you never straighten the king's crown in public. You understand? But I can't pull you to the side and say, oh, you know something, bro? It's really not rap. It's yada, yada, yada. You understand what I'm saying? No, but, but, that's, but, but you know what? That Here's the thing. And here's the thing that we, we, we come in this room. It's about educating ourselves and educating right. people. So the fact that you made that distinction is very important in supporting what you're saying with the information, which goes back to you being the minister of information for Public Enemy. Right. Um, what, one of the things that I, I loved about Public Enemy is that it was set up as more than just some people uh, rapping on a microphone. Uh, mm-hmm. You had the S1Ws, you had different different factions of mm-hmm. uh, Public Enemy. What was the conversation like when you guys started to come, come together? The conversation was a very, very serious, revolutionary conversation. Um, it was like if the industry don't, don't change it, we're going to get in and bust the whole thing up and change it. That was the conversation. And um, and this next point I'm about to make is very key because everything that happened after that hinged on this particular point that I'm about to make. We said to ourselves that we're going to get in and do what we need to do to raise the vibrational pitch of our people's thinking into the mind of God. And we're going to change this industry to the point where we can use the music to uplift our people. And we said we was going to do that in two years. And if it don't happen, we kind of figured we'd either be dead or in jail. And then when the two-year mark hit, uh, that's when I kind of stopped really, truly going in on these people that was destroying our people because the situation was not getting better. It seemed like it was getting worse at that point. And then shortly after that, was Griff's departure from Public Enemy. Mm. So I was holding to what we said we was going to do in private. But when the baby was born, uh, yeah, I got separated from the mom and ended up on goddamn hip-hop child support. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> nope, this is raw fusion. There's there's no excuse for language. You say what you want to say. Um, so, so, yeah, so when I held true to what we said we was going to do and I started calling the people out that were doing that, to our people, then it became a problem for those that was in that private room having that private revolutionary discussion. You understand what I'm saying? And I felt really bad. I was like, wow, I'm going to be a man regardless, man, because Miss Griffin didn't raise no punks. Now, I'm not saying anybody else was a punk. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying, not Professor Griff. I'm going to stick to what we said we was going to do, and I'm going to see this through. Um, and I'm doing that very same thing today, or else I wouldn't be on here. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be doing what all the other people are doing, chasing a uh, chasing a bag that they're never going to get. I told you this was going to be interesting, and it gets even more interesting very soon. But we need to pay these bills, so we'll be back right after these messages. It's raw fusion. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Behind many smiles lie a troubling truth. So many people are suffering alone simply because they are too afraid of the stigma associated with mental illness. The road to mental health has no color. It has no age or gender. It's time we take the bull by the horns. It's time we remove the stigma and embrace acceptance to release people from their private prisons and give them the help that they need. It could be your relative, your friend, your loved one. It could be you and you don't even know it. It's time to help those in need, but help starts with you. With an acclaimed broadcast television and independent filmmaker at the helm, we are creating a documentary. This documentary will identify the signs, explore the possibilities, help remove the stigma, and clear the path to mental health. By donating, you will help us help others. From $1 to $1,000, no donation is too small. Let's band together to fight this secret enemy that affects us all. Please donate today. You can donate now at GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. Fusion. This was this was interesting to me about Public Enemy. There, um, you guys were revolutionary, but when you looked at people that went to your concert, uh, you guys had all different kinds of people uh, who followed you and and bought your albums and and all of that, right? So, why do you think people are so afraid? to be authentic as artists when you guys are proven that different types of people will listen to your music all over the world, uh, even though you were, like you say, revolutionary. Well, my thing is that message wasn't readily uh, designed for them. I can honestly say it was maybe designed for their head, but not their heart. Mm-hmm. Once, it starts, once the message started to take shape and form, then the other people have to say, wait a minute, this is where I got to get off the boat. This is where I got to get off the train. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, how long is a young white kid at a public concert going to hold up his fist and say black power? How long is that going to happen? How long is that? How long is he going to get away with that? You could only get away with it as long as the people that the message was meant for truly stand up and say, wait a minute, this message is meant for me. Hold on for a second. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how, how, how long can... Uh, a young white kid get away with that. So my thing is, once the true people heard the message, then it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Now it's starting to take shape and it's starting to take form in the form of them cheap Chinese-made gold chains that the cats used to wear, turning their neck green. They took it off and put on African medallions. 
How can a young white kid get away with that? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? When we pointed young black kids to join organizations and speak up and speak truth to power and stand up for who you are as a people, a white kid can't do that. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? But what it did do, it put something in them to get them to understand and challenge themselves. We're talking about the white kid now. The same white kid that now grew up and understood a Barack Obama needed to be in office. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, maybe you didn't catch that. Let me rewind that. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think that young white kid grew up to be? You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He was still listening to hip hop. He still dug Wu-Tang Clan. He still, he was listening to a little ex-Clan, Poor Righteous Teachers. You understand what I'm saying? But now he grew up to understand politics through a different lens. And he's the same one that voted for Barack. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to a certain degree on a political tip, it served its purpose. And this is what we need to understand when we, when we, when we talk about the conversation that we're on here to discuss the mental, the mental, the mental illness. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? That same kid understood as long as black people are not saluting and celebrating and honoring themselves in the way that we need to. I don't care how minuscule it is. I don't care whether it's a Juneteenth parade or some poetry at the White House. I don't care how minuscule it is. But nonetheless, we need to be honoring and celebrating ourselves. We need to be in the room. And even if they're in the room, we need to govern the self. All right. Yeah, you can be a part of it. But yeah, no, you can't take no leadership position. We're the ones that have to lead ourselves. And this needs to be understood. And them young white kids, they they, they understood it. They, they knew their place. So much so, they knew not to call us nigger in their songs. Mm-hmm. If, if you really want to look at the mental illness, you understand what I'm saying? So even if we roll back the clock when we started talking about the history that we were talking for example, we put the lynching of a black, of black men on one of our 12-inch covers on our songs, right? If the white audience was that strong and that thick that listened to Public Enemy, do you think they understood the idea of that picture that we put on the cover of one of our songs, that young white kids were there staring and smirking at two black men that were being lynched. Did you, you think they understood that? Mm. So where's the mental illness even when you're looking at a picture like that? You see, they, need to, they needed to understand that as well. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, the, now their opposition was probably some of their relatives who uh, began to look at hip hop and turned it into rap and started signing some of these young rappers who were traumatized and began to display this idea of mental illness that we're looking at now. I call it trauma rap because that's what we're hearing if you really listen to some of the songs. Mm -hmm. You cannot talk about bringing dope in and and killing your stepdad. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, um, And you live for taking somebody else's chick. I'm using a polite terminology. You cannot talk about that and it not it not affect you. You understand what I'm saying? But for it to but for it not affect the people that's pushing the madness, then there there's some mental illness on, on, on that side of the fence also. Now, how much of this is do you believe that's is really simply mental illness or regurgitation or performance of mental illness versus uh, what these record companies are pushing and, and telling these artists they have to be and the radio stations for that matter because we don't own many of them either well i could understand that question and that argument if this was 20 years ago 
that doesn't hold water nowadays, to be honest with you. It just, it, it just doesn't because when you start talking, and I don't mean to put you or anyone listening on the spot, you can't name me 10 record companies right now. Mm. You can't. That idea of a record company truly really doesn't exist anymore. These young kids are making these records in their basement, um, mm-hmm. in the guest room at their mama house. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in their little brother and sister room in the apartment in the projects. Mm-hmm. That's where it begins. Um, there's no white people there. There's no record company there yet. You understand what I'm saying? They're bringing these projects to see whether or not if they can get a universal, global, international distribution, quote unquote, trying to get put on. You understand what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. they think may lead them to bigger and better things. So these songs are already made. What's causing the average young black kid from age, I could say from age 14 now to 35 to make these kind of songs with no white people around. Mm-hmm. This is where the mental illness starts. This is where we need to check it. So to start pointing outside of the self, to start pointing at someone outside of the home, outside of our sphere of influence, whether, whether it's in church, school, home, or whatever, yeah, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Mm-hmm. And, let's, and let's stop playing games with one another. It starts with my house right now, with me and my sons and my daughters. Mm-hmm. Dad, what you think about this song? Damn, I'm like, damn, how many you gonna kill on the damn song? Nah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> That's a conversation between me and my son. Mm-hmm. It's like, son, I, you know, you ain't never been no pimp. What you talking about in, in this song? Nah, dad, I'm just telling the story. Well, nah, we gotta tell that in a different kind of way, bro. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I used to talk to my son about what, what color is your ink? He's like, what you mean, dad? I said, think about it. I'll be back. <laughs> what color is your ink, man? You use black ink to kill black people in a black song, in a black community, in a black culture. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you think that? I mean, because there's a there's a conversation, and many rappers have used it in defense. Do you honestly think that uh, this music has an effect on? I heard Jay Z say, "What did What did he say? Scarface, the movie did more than Scarface, the rapper did." To me, do you honestly think that this music has an effect on what people do in their everyday lives, and why? Yeah, of course. I think I think the film, the films that come out have more of an effect because the the films incorporate the visual and the audio. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, what mindset did you go into watching the movie Scarface with? I watched it. I didn't come up out of that. Watching that movie three or four times, I didn't come out of gangster. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I say that all the time. I mean, I have I have a mafia film, but when I was a child, when I was a kid, influential, I mean, a kid that was uh, heavily influenced, uh, as most children are, when I watched Goodfellas, I said, wait a minute, this is what y'all doing out in the streets? Oh, hell no. No, I'm good. I'll go to school. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'm not finna do none of this. It actually, you know, I'm like, you know, you're killing your own partners. Like, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? I'm right. not finna be a part of that. So right. uh, I have a mafia film out, and and uh, it's on Tubi now. It's actually my top selling film. But my thing is to show it in a way that, hopefully is discouraging to you and not glorifying it and making it something that you want to do. But I ho- I'm hoping that it had the effect that it had on me because growing up in uh, the South side of Chicago, you know, it, 
gang culture is just what it is. It's it's a it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And uh once I found out what they the, the you know, y'all doing this type of shit, I'm good. <laughs> right, right, right. You go find something else to do. So, um, do you think that, but I also have to be responsible as a Mm -hmm. filmmaker, um, and try to make things that, uh, help push us forward and not bring us back while entertaining us as well. By the way, if you guys are here, we are doing a fundraiser for a mental health film, and this is going to be my sixth movie, and it's about mental health. Uh, that's why, uh, Professor Griff, uh, agreed to come on here. Uh, because he's all about the mental health as well. And uh, we have several mental health professionals and people on stage who are consistently in my room uh, just about every time I open it. In order to get this message out to the masses, we're going to uh, need uh, the assistance of everyone uh, to get this thing going, um, to get the budget for it. I'm not controlled by Hollywood, uh, so it's going to take all of us to do it on an independent level. But the one thing about it is I still have connections in Hollywood and we can get it out there, but we got to get it done first on our own if we want to get it done right. And we are going to get it done right. And you can help us reach our goal. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash mental the movie. You can get more information about the movie, find out what the movie's going to be like and leave a donation there as well. We're going to be back with more Professor Griff right here on Raw Fusion. Behind many smiles lie a troubling truth. So many people are suffering alone simply because they are too afraid of the stigma associated with mental illness. The road to mental health has no color. It has no age or gender. It's time we take the bull by the horns. It's time we remove the stigma and embrace acceptance to release people from their private prisons and give them the help that they need. It could be your relative, your friend, your loved one. It could be you and you don't even know it. It's time to help those in need, but help starts with you. With an acclaimed broadcast television and independent filmmaker at the helm, we are creating a documentary. This documentary will identify the signs, explore the possibilities, help remove the stigma, and clear the path to mental health. By donating, you will help us help others. From $1 to $1,000, no donation is too small. Let's band together to fight this secret enemy that affects us all. Please donate today. You can donate now at GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. Fusion. If you truly believe that these people that are controlling our culture and our music, all right, if you believe that they have our best interests at heart, good luck with that, man. <laughs> good luck. No, 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 no. If we graduate to the knowing aspect of this thing and then we become active agents and changing the dynamic of this thing, then and only then can this thing, um, my phone number is 678-557-2919. Anybody can call me up and call me out on anything I say. If I can't back it up in order to come up with a solution, solution being spelled (laughs) S-O-U-L, you understand what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. If I can't come up with That's a right. solution, you understand what I'm saying? Then Professor mm-hmm. Grip need to go back and study and be quiet or something. Mm-hmm. We're trying to come and draw those individuals in that are like-minded, that are not afraid to switch to solution think. Mm-hmm. Solution think. Let's think solution as we talk. And at the end of this conversation, come up with solutions that's going to move all of us forward. Now, mind you, for the people that's on here that's my age, we may not see the end result. Hell, I'm 61. I may not see the end result. But I have to set something in motion while I'm here on this planet. You understand what I'm saying? I like that film does have a language, and that's what I do. Uh, I know the tricks and the, the processes that work in film. The music, hip-hop has a language also, but it needs mm-hmm. to speak to the aspect of the human being that a lot of us don't speak to. We speak to our heads. Mm-hmm. We try to fill the dance floor. Mm-hmm. We want women shaking and dropping something and moving something. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? When Public Enemy mm-hmm. came out, Chuck D said it himself. He, this is the CNN. Rap music is the CNN for the black community. We don't want women dancing. We want people listening. Mm-hmm. So we purposely made music that black women can't dance to. That's what, that's what Chuck D said this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's great, man. And, you you and, said you said that's great. Like that shit did us a favor. That shit did us no favor, bro. That shit no. was a struggle. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, so that's important. Um, that's important right for people to know what, what what was going on. That's a great sentiment to, and it it was needed. Honestly, uh, fight the power. It's still one of my favorite hip hop uh, records. You know, it, it's my problem with hip hop and uh, or rap. Let's put it like that. Some of the some of the shit I don't really want to put under hip hop banner, but I guess it kind of goes there. But um, technically, but my problem with it is back in the day, you had Public Enemy, you had Poe Righteous Teachers, you had uh, De La Soul, right along with you having N.W.A. and and Luke and all those other people. You you had a variety of uh, different kind of music. Right. And I'm for artists being able to say what they want to say, um, not necessarily what who's controlling them wants to say, but what they want to say. And it, I, and I may agree with it. I may not. Right. But the problem I see, one of the major problems I see today with today's music, and I try not to downplay um, the youth because they have an expression as well. But my biggest problem is there's no variety. It's all one voice in, in hell. Half these rappers sound the same uh, as the last one, so I don't know who, which little little who little boo boo or whatever's coming out next. I don't. I don't. They all sound the same to me. Right. Um, and so the biggest thing is when I said that's great, I'm I'm saying that that's needed because you know we don't have that type of variety today. Uh, these kids don't have that type of variety today, and I like to be able to, you know. There's a time to have fun and go out and, uh, you know, party and stuff like that, especially then. Um, but then there's a time for us to think and sit back and get some education and some knowledge. Right. Um, that is the lack of balance is the biggest problem for me. Again, I'm not a gangster. I don't want to be a gangster, but it was interesting to hear their perspective. And I don't have to agree with anybody, but I still would like to hear their perspective. So I know exactly what I'm agreeing <laughs> with and not agreeing with. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You said you want you 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 wanted to hear their perspective. If all mm-hmm. of the songs sound alike and you can swap these rappers out, 
because all of it sounds the same, which it does. Same, same vibratory frequency. You understand what I'm saying? Same language. Damn, they got the same look, same video. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, almost the same weaponry in all of the videos. You see Glocks, Sigs, Dracos, AK-47s, you, you, same thing. All, all of us, the same thing. You said variety. There's no variety. So what are you waiting around for to hear? For one of the rappers to step up and out to try to appeal to whom and about what? Mm-hmm. Because we had some that tried. Kendrick Lamar, you understand what I'm saying? Tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Cole, mm-hmm. maybe one or two artists. And then they bring it right back on the round. So much so that it's almost like the, those MCs or those rappers did not even exist. Mm-hmm. So we waiting around for whom to bring what kind of variety? Mm-hmm. You see, here we are sitting around waiting. We got the savior complex. Waiting on somebody to save hip hop. And mm-hmm. they not thinking about saving no hip hop. They thinking about saving them, themselves, man. Mm-hmm. And making the bag and um, being fly and spending their money on shit that, that, you know, giving it right back to the man. You know, I'm not necessarily a proponent of marching and all that other stuff that they do because we've been marching for 60 years and we're still talking about the same things, that, that the problems that they were going through 60 years ago. My thing is, if I'm going to march somewhere, it's going to be with an AK-47. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that's all the marching I'm going to do. But that's that's me personally. Because the only thing you're doing is wearing out your shoes. In my in, in my estimation, you're wearing out your shoes, and then you got to go back to them to buy some more shoes. So I want to talk about some solutions and what you know about solutions um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and what you're doing today. Uh, to help further uh, our causes. Okay, let me just say this, and please, brother, please, please, please do not wear this on your sleeve, okay? Mm-hmm. I would never openly ever again say I'm not with the marching. That is for those people that only know marching, bro. Let them march. If you ain't going to get your ass out there to confront these people face-to-face in the street, then that's not your thing. That's not your way. Mm-hmm. That may not be my way. Do you understand? But maybe the person that's joining Black Lives Matter, maybe that's the only way that they know. Mm-hmm. And we need somebody on the street agitating these people. We've always had people on the streets agitating these people. Am I right or wrong? So let's not shoot their legs out from under. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Fuck wearing out some shoes. Just get some more. <laughs> Throw a fucking fundraiser on Clubhouse and buy some more. But then people need to march. Okay. Because if they didn't march, what else would they do? They don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. They can't make fight the power. You understand what I'm saying? They're not going to mm-hmm. be able to speak on the college campus to speak to our people. Maybe they're not articulate enough to do that. Maybe all they can do is march. We're going to let them march, bro. And while they're marching, guess what you and I are going to be doing? We're going to be in the back room strategizing. Mm-hmm. Okay? This week, there's a rally. Ba 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 ba. It's going to be two. It's going to be 100,000 people out there marching for yada yada yada. Whoop, whoop. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Hey, we're going to go get some footage. And then we're going to use that footage real time to make a film. And yada, yada. Maybe that's our way. The film is your way. The music is my way. Maybe marching and protesting is their way. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't, shoot, we can't shoot that down like that, though. Well, I'm not, shooting, I'm not necessarily shooting it down. It's just something I'm not going to do. I, I think that there are other ways that we can attack a situation. I just, I just have a problem. When the only way is marching, and and that's and that's the first thing we go to. I'm more well, a segment you know, of us. 
Because, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, a second. Right. right. But I, I have a problem with that being the first thing that we do. If, if, if that's something that brings attention to the situation, I'm always for that. I, I, I being in Chicago, when, when people start tearing up, they, they said, Oh, well, you're just tearing up your own neighborhood. You won't go downtown to do that. The next day, those young brothers and sisters were downtown and they were protesting downtown. I have no problem with them doing that. I just, me personally, I'm going to attack it from a different situation. Right. And that's beautiful. That's the variety that you and I just finished talking about in the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's, and that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So if you, you find the, uh, the, the mental health care worker getting shot by the police when he was the one that called the police, he was coming to someone else's aid. Do you remember this case? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, so now if our first reaction is, wait a minute, hold up, let's bring awareness to the situation. So once again, we might be just a little bit off track. Protesting is not the first thing we do, bro. We sound the alarm. Wait a minute. What happened to that brother? It's conversation that go on between us behind closed doors. We need to bring, we need to bring light to those kind of situations and bring attention to those kind of situations. And then we do that. So protesting is not the first thing. To be honest with you, bro, I think protesting is the last thing. Mm. It may look like it's the first thing. Because there's conversations going on right now mm-hmm. about the 16-year-old who got shot in the neck and kicked out the side of a damn car on the 110 freeway mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. There's no protest yet, right or wrong, but it happened already, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had two discussions about it already. So the protest thing is not the first thing that happens. I've been discussing that since it happened. Mm-hmm. There are some people that saying, look, we're going to organize, yada, yada, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Okay, I said you might need an independent investigator, yada, yada, yada. So the conversation always happens, bro. We, mm-hmm. You and I just don't see it as often as we need to. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm looking through a different lens than you are. I'm in a different position. Mm-hmm. Also, I want you to talk about, you have your own podcast or media platform. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about that and let people know where they can uh, check it out. Because I'm going to be a guest on there soon, too. Right, Exactly. Uh, and um, and we need to show people you're into film. We need to get on these platforms uh, and we need to show people what we're talking about. Sometimes we get it when we're just listening like this, because I think older people can process it. But a lot of times, if we're truly going to affect those individuals that we're trying to reach, we need to meet them where they are, not where we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meet them where they are. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's real. They're visual. To be honest with you, I just downloaded TikTok yesterday. My ass was protesting. I'm like, man, that's just for kids. I ain't, yeah, nah. I can't even do it, man. But my daughter was like, you, you need to, blah, 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 whatever. <sighs> I'm like, I'm fighting, kicking, and screaming, man. <laughs> she said, okay, they might, some, you know, you might say one or two. Yada, yada, yada. Now she gave me that whole speech. Gave me the speech I gave her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, I do serious minds, you know, at least three or four times a week. And, um, you know, my mantra basically is my tagline is serious minds attract serious minds seriously. I want to be able to attract serious minds that are about solutions. That's about mm-hmm. taking this information serious. 
Before that, I had enemy minds. Mm-hmm. We went through a period where we need to understand the enemy from within. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And then um, I was formulating a business, which was actually a business app that I was developing called Like Minds, Like Minds. Mm-hmm. Because I got to a point in my life, I think it was in my 40s. I said, I'm only working with the willing. Mm-hmm. Literally. And I, and I was really, I had a whole lot of energy behind it. I'm like, you're, I'm only working with the willing. If you come uh, and you're about that other stuff, I, yeah, no, I can't work with you. I'm only right. working with the willing, plain and simple. I'm not going to be no 80-year-old uh, MC. Well, I guess I will because you don't retire from being an MC. You agree, you're a storyteller. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, and yeah. I, had, I had a problem with that, too. <clears throat> We're going to get back to that. But I had a problem with that, too. I'm like, if you've been uh, rapping your entire life, just because you get older, that doesn't mean you don't have anything else to say. That's your part of your creativity. What are you supposed to just automatically at forty start wearing khaki pants and 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 and, and, and um, uh, tank tops? No, I mean you're going to still be what you are. I mean that's right. who you are. So yeah, but go ahead uh, with what you were saying, bro. Well, I, I think that we truly have to and this is please this don't take this wrong this is no insult to any of the artists that are out there but some of these artists need to grow the fuck up man beyonce need to grow the fuck up if your ass still taking off your motherfucking clothes at 40 on stage somewhere stop that sis come on now let give the music time to breathe and grow up with the music mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. what i'm saying and i think that's what hurts us the most when you see these older MCs trying to rap and do the, and make music for young kids. I'm never in my fucking life in my 60s making songs that 13, 14 year old. I, I'm just not. I'm not making it for them. My music is not for them. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Those that's drawn to a Professor Griff song, whatever, whatever, whatever. Cool. But you got to do some thinking if you come to my song. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So what do you what did you think about four 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 or four forty four or whatever it's called uh, that Jay Z did? I think it was an attempt to show and prove his earlier statement when he says forty is the new twenty, mm-hmm. and 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 it gave birth to the grown. Hear me out, sisters, don't jump on me yet. I see y'all with your arms folded. <laughs> <laughs> it gave birth to the grown male. Can, can I just be real for like really real? Yeah. Keep okay. on when I say grown male sisters, it's that motherfucker you dating right now that won't grow the fuck up. The one you probably taking care of. The one where Professor Griff said he's not doing what he's supposed to do. Let his ass sleep on the fucking couch. Then his next move is out the door. You understand mm. what I'm saying? We don't need grown males with other with grown or uh, with, with children. Young boys in the house. We need grown men. And there is a difference between grown males and grown men. Mm-hmm. So for these cats that want to play all the fucking time, and then they end up playing with women, and then we give them birth, for example, the 90s. All them trash mouth ass, corny ass rappers with what they were talking about in the 90s gave birth to what we see today. Tell me mm-hmm. I'm lying. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? The Jay-Zs mm-hmm. and the rest of these cats gave birth to some of these trap rappers who are on the scene today. And they still playing, man. When we gonna put the toys away, you understand what I'm saying? And take care of our culture, hip hop, the way we should, so the culture 
can grow. It almost seemed like the culture is going backwards. Because mm. like you said, if another little one come out, at, see, when the little ones came out, the big ones died. Big pun, big L. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? When the big ones, big papa, when the big ones died, they gave birth to the little ones. Little skid mark. <laughs> little, <laughs> little toe jam. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And it almost seems like the only way you get put on is if you don't take anything in your culture serious. So you got to come non-threatening. Mm-hmm. And I said it in my book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, The Illuminati's Takeover of Hip Hop. I said, why? And I said this 20 some odd years ago. I said, watch, you're going to see grown males in the industry carrying purses and wearing skirts. And that's exactly what happened. They feminized the music, feminized the music. Mm-hmm. They weaponized the music. And it gave birth to something we don't even recognize anymore. And then to now today, I see people in, in the in the club and on YouTube and on social media dancing to WAP, wet ass pussy. Brothers, if you're dealing with a sister and that shit ain't getting wet, you need to move the fuck on, bro. <laughs> we don't even need a song wet ass pussy because let me stop. Let me just, okay, let's wind it back. Come on. Let's get back to mental illness. That shit is mental illness, bro. To have to regurgitate something like that to let women know that, you know, that's what the woman of today, the black woman of today needs. A, either to climb up the music charts or to make it in life. It's like, come on. So then when you, when you, when you roll it back, when you roll the film back to check what was on the film and you see that Meg the Stallion got shot and the other one's life is, you know, tricking that it ain't money. You understand what I'm saying? Doping them up, robbing them. It's like, come on, man. Is that the life that we want our young women to pattern themselves after? And then uh, years later, once they become millionaires, have a wet ass pussy? Come on, bro. Come on, man. No, 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 no. No, sir. Not on Griff's watch. Mm. That's I'm going to turn the temperature down because I can see some of the sisters getting mad at me. I'm just, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Listen, this is what we do on Raw Fusion. If you guys ever <laughs> listen to my podcast, uh, we keep it 100. That's based off a show that I had on PBS, and I was so tied up by the FCC not being able to say what I wanted to say. So when I started doing my own thing independently, use the same name, but I was going to be, I was just going to say whatever the hell I wanted to say. And uh, that's what we're going to do here. But uh, no, bro. I mean, Here's the thing. I, I think this is very important. Um, if we only gravitate to people who agree with every single thing that we believe or we think or we know, then we're going to stay stagnant. And it's important, even if we don't agree with everything, to talk to people who have a different perspective than uh, we have. And then we can learn something. You're only going to learn if, you, if you're being introduced to new things um, uh, constantly. So I, I, this is this is a great conversation as far as I'm concerned, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. So, right, I, I, I think I just need to let the women know. Um, my mama is uh, she's she's in the ancestral realm. I did have a grandmother. I uh, I've been married three times. I do have a beautiful wife right now. I have children, little girls. Well, not little girls anymore. They've grown into beautiful women. Yeah, I have female friends. You understand what I'm saying? Um, some I work with. So I'm not one of these kind of dudes to 
kind of beat up on women and not um, create a safe environment for women to express themselves culturally. You understand what I'm saying? I just want to have a conversation with them and ask them, when did that become part of our culture? That's all. Mm-hmm. That, that's all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone wanted to have the argument with me last time I was on Clubhouse about twerking being part of our culture. I said, show me where. What tribe? You understand? And then where, where did they get it from? You understand what I'm saying? Now, you're mistaken cultural dances, which you don't understand because no one has taught, taught you that particular culture. Then you might look at it as twerking. You understand what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. in fact, it may be something totally different. Or have a totally different meaning. Exactly. Um, because exactly. a lot of the twerking today is inherently sexual. And yeah, that means not stripper be culture. Mean. Yeah. Strip yeah, hop. Yeah. 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 Strip hop. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's where it ends up going, right? Because the, because the videos always end up in the strip club or or uh, they're or made for the strip club. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because you have a built-in audience. That's where a lot of people are breaking records in the strip club. Exactly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. And people don't and, know. And that. you know, T Pain, he'll admit it. And right now, T Pain is on national TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but what signal does that send to the young artist trying to quote unquote break in? And I have an issue with that term. Break into the industry to become or, or get put on. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you and what you're willing to do in order to get put on. I told you it was going to be one of those conversations, didn't I? <laughs> and there's still more. So we'll be back right after these messages. This is Raw Fusion. Behind many smiles lie a troubling truth. So many people are suffering alone simply because they are too afraid of the stigma associated with mental illness. The road to mental health has no color. It has no age or gender. It's time we take the bull by the horns. It's time we remove the stigma and embrace acceptance to release people from their private prisons and give them the help that they need. It could be your relative, your friend, your loved one. It could be you and you don't even know it. It's time to help those in need, but help starts with you. With an acclaimed broadcast television and independent filmmaker at the helm, we are creating a documentary. This documentary will identify the signs, explore the possibilities, help remove the stigma, and clear the path to mental health. By donating, you will help us help others. From $1 to $1,000, no donation is too small. Let's band together to fight this secret enemy that affects us all. Please donate today. You can donate now at GoFundMe.com slash MentalTheMovie. Growing up in the hood can be hard. Nah, it's supposed to us. But you know what? He was telling the truth when he said he fucked the shit out of me. You're faced with many choices. If I can set up a meeting, done. So you might as well go ahead and get to cooking. Then when you finally get the money, a motherfucker walk up and try to take your shit. Now you got to go to war. Do you stay and help? But if I wasn't out of town, I'd have fucked dude up, man. What, you heard something? You know, if I'd have heard something, I'd have told you. Or do you get out when you can? So I can make a decision on whether I want to be in the game for real or not. Which one would you choose? I'm not all that motherfucking screaming, man. Just tell me what the fuck I want to know. King Geese Hate Love, starring an ensemble cast. 
King B, The Bad Girls Club's Tiffany Torrance Davis, VH1's Jay Marie, Showtime at the Apollo's Damon Williams, Roost's Brian Wildcat Smith, Do or Die's Below Zero, Related with Leon's Leon Rogers, and many more. Oh, it's gonna be some shit, huh? It's gonna be some shit. Watch King B's Hate Love streaming now for free on Tubi. Raw Fusion. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm not in Hollywood is because not only what they've, I've, I've known they've been doing to women, but you better believe some of these men are, are bending over and, and taking it. And uh, that's something that's never going to happen. Ain't going to be no dresses for me. None of that. So uh, if that's what it takes to be in Hollywood, I just accuse myself from the idea of being uh, one of those Hollywood cats. And I'll do it independently and we'll make it happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, I have to look at myself in the mirror. And I don't care what anybody else chooses to do because they're grown. But <laughs> I love women. I only love women. And that's what we're going to, well, in that way. Uh, and that's where we're going to keep it, and that's where we're going to stay, and that's where I'm going to put in my films. And I don't, if it offends other people that I don't have everything in the rainbow in my films, well, my films are signed for you. And uh, Right, right. When know. I revealed that information in my book, Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, and let people know what was going on, you talk about the level of hatred. Mm-hmm. You talk about the level of hatred for the last, my book's been out, what, 10 years or so? Mm-hmm. And then I would sit in the room or, or just watch people on YouTube regurgitating information that I put out there and they act like I'm not even in the room. I'm like, wow, this is this is, this is critical. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I was given uh, what I saw in the industry. If you go back on YouTube, you can look at the interview that I had years and years ago before Cat Williams was even known. And I said, they're coming after dude. And they did. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it, it starts to, you know, it starts to sound alike. It starts to look alike. It starts to like, okay, we got to shut individuals down. And then I had the drama with Nick Cannon. I was just about to say that. And then the drama <laughs> after the Nick Cannon thing, um, I literally had to open openly call D.L. Hughley out, which okay. the dude was mad enough to at least call me. You understand me? We had, we had a discussion. We had a discussion. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like the discussion because he was drunk on the phone. <laughs> But I literally had to call dude out and I challenged him. I said, listen, man, I know the dude that owns Decatur Boxing Club. I'll knock your fucking dick in the dirt, man. You ever, <laughs> if you ever get on that white boy's show again or anybody's show again, calling me out like that. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the steak wasn't worth the sizzle. Mm. What could Professor Grepp even offer a Nick Cat? Wow. Here I am, 20 years Nick Senior. You understand? I'm trying to educate mm. the brother to help the brother get his degree. In, at Howard University, he invited me on. I didn't invite myself on. <laughs> you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, but that shows you the weight of what a word from someone that's conscious carries. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pinning medals on myself. I'm not standing on. There's no big I and little you. When Professor Griff's name is mentioned, oh, man, they start locking the fucking doors and closing the, sh- the shutters and the blinds, bro. Mm-hmm. Wow, you about to have him on? Like, why? What are you afraid of? <laughs> The truth, that's what they're afraid of. But I want to talk about that. So the we heard, we obviously saw the backlash or, or what happened with Nick. But from your perspective, how did it play out? How did you see it play out from your perspective? Well, to make a long story short and a short story shorter, I got introduced and invited there 
on set at uh, Tyler Perry studio in Atlanta to come meet Nick. And because they wanted people to be part of the film that he was doing for the Dr. Sabi film. And they said, Professor Griff might be good for that. So I went and I shot, I shot like two hours worth of stuff for Nick. You understand what I'm saying? So me and him started talking. He invited me back the next day because he wanted my books. I brought him my books. We continued to talk. He said, hey, Griff, how about you come back oh, uh, Come back, and let me interview you and be on uh, my, my uh, Canon's class. I said, of course I do that for you, bro. So it was just a casual conversation we were supposed to have. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he went into the you know the Hebrew thing, the Moor thing. He went into black people having our birthrights and this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we was kind of diving into Francis Cress Welsing's work, whatever. And we both left that Canon's class. We both left there. Okay, just everything was everything. Mm-hmm. So we talked on the phone. And we agreed that we were going to do some work in Africa and some other places. And that was strictly between him and I on the work we was going to do. And um, so I waited, I waited, I waited for the thing to come out. I waited a year. Did you hear what I just said? Mm. A whole year. I was like, well, when is he going to put it on YouTube? I mm. waited a year. And when he finally put it out, it shit hit the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think shortly after that, I had one brief conversation with him on the phone, and I can tell there was people around him. And then after that, he changed his phone number, and I couldn't contact him anymore. Mm. And he never called me. He never talked to me. He just never, yeah, he just left me like bone dry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I took it a certain kind of way, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't because I understood. And then I don't know him. It's not like, yo, this, this mom, it's not like what happened with me in public enemy. I took that person because mm-hmm. I grew up with them. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't take this that personal because it's like, I don't know you, dude. I don't know what you, how you built. You understand what I'm saying? I know how I'm built. <laughs> right, right. So when they start putting the pressure on him, uh, my elders was like, you know, they coming for you. I said, well, shit, let them bring it. <laughs> shit, fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been down that road before. They, mm-hmm. uh, they shot at, they sh- I got shot at. They burned my house down. Whoa. Um, they turned everyone in public enemy against me. Um, mm. The average, the people I came up with in the music industry do not like my ass. Everyone from Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff, LL Cool J, Queen Latifah. I, shit, I could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. About, about the people who just do not like professor. For what, though? For telling the truth? about exposing these people in the music industry. And the thing with the Nick Cannon thing, the Cannon class, he was doing most of the talking. <laughs> most of the talking. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch it, I'm listening. I'm if you listening. can go back and find it, because they snatched it off YouTube. Yeah, they, they, they snatched it off. And um, someone told me they went so far as to uh, kind of bleep out some things and cut some things out. Mm. Because they can't let the, the average person get a hold of that particular information mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh that's what makes a conversation with professor griff dangerous because i'm not one that you can buy because they've tried mm-hmm. the reality show the big leg white woman uh what else <laughs> drugs <laughs> all that other shit that i'm just not i'm not built that way i don't mm-hmm. give a fuck what they have to offer i'm not I, you know i'm just not built that way i am for my people Mm-hmm. That's what the fuck I'm gonna die on, bro. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just for my people, man. I'm gonna see us through. I'm gonna see this thing too through. Plain and simple. 
I gave permission to my crew. If you ever see me violate or go astray or turn coon, slip my fucking throat. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's their marching orders. But if the enemy bring it to my doorstep, all right, and I don't drop his ass dead at my fucking doorstep, may the earth reject my body. Fuck him. He can keep all his material bullshit. He can keep all of that madness. I don't want it, man. I'm good. Because mm -hmm. if I wanted it, shit, I would have went and left a long time ago. <laughs> shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, that's, and that's where I'm at, bro. And that's the reason why I'm still independent. And I don't have to have a billion people know my name or whatever. If I can change, like you said, one or two and that, that affects the next person, then I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? I know that we can affect more people than on this platform. We had, you know, a couple hundred people in here today, but I know that we can affect with a movie far greater than than and far more reaching with a film. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're absolutely correct because I've learned that, bro. When I had the mm -hmm. conversation with you, I started thinking back. I learned that firsthand real quick. Give me 45 seconds. The deal was on the table. Blank check was on the table. I need you to listen to what I'm about to say for the next 45 seconds. Yeah. Blank check was on the table for Sony from Sony Pictures for the Public Enemy film. All right, called up the brothers, blah, 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 talking about it, discussing it, whatever, whatever, whatever. The person that had made, needed to have made decision decision was your man Chuck D. All right, I understand he was going through his thing with Flavor. You understand what I'm saying? I believe he's getting taken to court by two different people, and I understood that. But I'm saying, listen, man. We can make sure all the parties involved are happy at the end of the day, not only financially, but we can use that to come together so we can resolve some of these issues, not for us, but for the people and our legacy. They let that blank check <laughs> sit on the table, man, and it's still sitting there. Wow. <laughs> it's still sitting there. NWA's movie did what? $256 million worldwide. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a public enemy film? Oh. Yeah. Right. And I just want to just uh, say, shameless plug, if that ever comes to fruition, uh, I'd like to be on the consideration for director. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Um, uh, what I don't want to do, because I know uh, we said an hour and uh, uh, it's coming up on that or past that a little bit. And I appreciate you for taking the time to do this. And I know you have another show, your own show that you have to do. Right. Um, and 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 I have to leave Friday tomorrow morning to uh, begin this Black History Month. Um, I'm one of those kind of diehard kind of cats. I'm still gonna travel the country in the cold and educate our people. This is my 18th year with the Black History 101 Mobile Museum. So when people don't hear me and see me or hear a song or see me in a video, which I love the last five videos that I've made. Um, two of them was with my wife, and I think. That we need to show young men, look, you understand what I'm saying? We could do this. You ain't got a bag to find a chick in the room. Shit, the finest chick in the room was my wife. That's who well, I was bagging that night. Like, what the hell? You understand what I'm saying? We could do that. But you did pretty well for yourself, my oh, yeah, thanks. Really appreciate that. And I'll definitely tell her that. <laughs> so yeah. So my thing is I, I can demonstrate um an older MC um marrying a woman that's in the industry that left the industry because of the condition of the people that that the pe condition of the people and the fact that she wasn't in an environment where she could see herself changing not only herself but the people that listen listen to her music um i think soleil is a dynamic 
artist. Mm-hmm. She's more dynamic now because she has women in mind, educating and teaching and making sure women are whole. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, I don't want to die with the only representation of me as an artist is four, five, six, and who that? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right, right. I said, okay. So I helped her produce her album, and um, I think it's phenomenal. All right? It's called Encoded. Okay. And she travels, and she takes women on retreats, So, so and have these, she has these sister circles so women can heal. Mm-hmm. And guess what, bro, as we, as, as we get off here? Men need the men's circle so we can heal. Mm-hmm. You, you understand Definitely. what I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. We need a space where we can talk, we can wrestle, fight, cry, get it out. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then talk about what real manhood looks like. Mm-hmm. Not through the lens of a Kevin Samuels. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Not through the lens of a Jay-Z. If the new 40s got to be the, the 20s, then we don't want to do that, bro. No. Well, I want to uh, also put my hat in the ring for that as well. So, you know, right. any, anytime you need me as a director, just... You got my number. Uh, we'll make it happen. Um, I got you. But listen, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, King, you got a whole army with you, bro. And I, I admire you for pulling that many people together that's like-minded. Man. Much success. I'm and I'm here if you guys need me. I got to get ready for my show. Listen, man, serious minds attract serious minds. Seriously, we got to come up with solutions to push this thing forward. And I just want to say the divinity in me salutes and celebrates the divinity divinity in all of you guys all right thank you my brother i appreciate you man thank you for coming through it's time to talk some shit with king b on the king b's raw fusion podcast brought to you by king b's hate love now streaming for free on tubi part of learning is learning how to talk to people with differences of opinions. If we only surround ourselves with people who think just like us, it doesn't really give us a chance to grow. Now, do I have to agree with everything you say? No, not at all. But as you've seen here in Raw Fusion, I'm willing to have the conversation. I'm willing to have the debate. Some things you may get me to change my mind on. Some things you won't. But at the end of the day, the conversation is what's important because from there, we may be able to learn. And from learning, we may be able to grow. I'm King B, and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.